gotta testify Come up in the spot looking extra fly For the day I die I'ma touch the sky Gotta testify Come up in the spot looking extra fly For the day I die I'ma touch the sky Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to Koba's Corner. Thrilled to have you here today. I'm Jack, and it's just going to be me and Koba talking at you today. And on deck, we got an offensive line position group season in review, offseason preview. Before I get into that, I wanted to touch on some topics from around the league. And the main headline for me, and I'm sure for most of you, is that Matt Stafford is confirmed on the move in Detroit. He and the organization, the new regime, have agreed to, to part ways. And uh, as I've said before, I'm very interested in Stafford as a target. He'd be my favorite quarter, favorite slash most realistic uh, target for us to get. I love that. I, I love Matt Stafford. I think he's a gamer. I the price where I get a little wary, start to get a little wary is two first. I would still consider it, but I'm not. I'm not sure that's something I would do. And I know some people are saying it might not get that high, which is likely the case. But I think there's we're going to see a little bit of a bidding war because. Teams like Indy, San Francisco, Washington, uh, even New England and Denver all make a little bit of sense. All have been linked to Stafford, and especially Indy, San Francisco, and us, Washington. I could see all of us making a big push, uh, which brings into play, like, what's going on with Jimmy G in San Francisco? I think he's out, and that's a quarterback I really do not want to see. So I would hate to miss on Matt Stafford and then end up with Jimmy G as quarterback somehow. But I'm all about being in a big war for Matt. I'd love to see a pair of player like Landon Collins, maybe Matt Ioannidis, um, not both, but then one of them with like a third round draft pick. I'm not sure if that would get the deal done, but I, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what we'll, we'll see how this bidding work goes. I would even move that up to a second and I would do a player like Jonathan Allen. I wouldn't do Montez Sweat for Deshaun Watson. I mean, for, for uh, Matt Stafford, that was a topic on Twitter. Would you include Montez Sweat in a trade for Deshaun Watson? That's why I just slipped up there, but, and I would definitely consider that, but not for Matt Stafford. I wouldn't move Montez Swift for Matt Stafford. I, but like I said, I love Matt Stafford. I would do a player like Collins or, I, or Collins. I think most people would do Collins. He's been disappointing, but uh, I mean, John Allen, love him, but I would I would send him to Detroit if that's that, if that's what it took. But I'm gonna predict that that if we are to land him, it's gonna have to include the 19th pick in this draft in some compass, capacity. Which you know what I think it's worth it, but it like uh it depends on what else is paired with it. I would do a first and a player if we had to, but not a first and a player like Allen, like first and Landon Collins or something like that. But bottom line, I'd love to see Stafford in D.C. Moving on to what is some more exciting league-wide topics. Um, we got the championship Sunday today. Uh, first off, we have Tampa Bay versus Green Bay. I'm recording this uh a couple hours before kickoff of this game and. I am pumped up for this game. It's snowing in Lambeau. I'm seeing pictures and videos all over my feed. Uh, last time these two teams played was in October, and the Tampa rolled Green Bay. It was 38 to 10. Green, uh, Green Bay came out hot. And Tampa took care of business. It's two of the goats. Dose v. Dose. Brady versus Rodgers. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I think Tampa's going to take it, and I'd, I'd like to see Tampa win, but I like both teams, and I'm not going to be upset either way, but I just can't pick pick against Brady in the playoffs. Man's a beast. Uh, then we got a huge matchup tonight, Buffalo versus Kansas City. Two of the young guys taking the league by storm. Mahomes, who does look like he's going to play, versus Josh Allen. I'm pumped up for this matchup in prime primetime. Uh, they played in October 
uh, back in the regular season, I think the same weekend that Tampa and Green Bay played, actually. And KC won 26-17, close game. Uh, I think KC's going to take this, but I'm so rooting for Buffalo. Uh, so my official Super Bowl prediction, I guess, would be Tampa versus Kansas City. But I would not be surprised to see any matchup. Like, no matchup would shock me, nor would any matchup disappoint me either. I think these are two great games. I cannot wait to see the football we have in store. I'll be rocking my alternate Carolina Panthers, Steve Smith jersey, of course, in honor of Marty Herney. If you want to see it, you can check that out on the Twitter page, at Cobra Corner. Uh, It's a great jersey. And, yeah, (laughs) bottom line. I love these matchups. I can't wait to see the Super Bowl. I'm a little bit sad this weekend's already here because that means season is about to be done. But you know what? Let's enjoy every last bit of it while I can. I'm rooting for two good games. And I think I think any potential Super Bowl matchup is one that a lot of people will be excited to tune in for. And last, before we get to this offensive line, uh, let's talk for, for a second about the Eagles' new head coach. It's Nick Sirianni. Sirianni. He's the Colts' offensive coordinator. So... If you ask me, it doesn't really move the needle. He's another young guy. The young guys are taking the head coaching league by storm. Uh, he's not yet 40, but it doesn't really move the needle much for me. It's just he's not – I'm not that scared by it. We'll see how he does. I'm sure he's he has a good track record. He's been with Frank Reich as offensive coordinator uh, in Indy for the last two years. But if you ask me, this reeks of desperation uh, from Philly because they're just trying to recapture that Frank Reich ma- magic. After Frank Reich left – uh, a lot of people gave him or giving him now a good amount of the credit for the Super Bowl that Doug Peterson got. And look, I think Peterson definitely had a big hand in that too. Like he, he was, he was the head coach, but, but I think Frank Reich definitely played a huge hand. And I think that the, maybe they're recognizing they, they should not have let him go and that they're trying to recapture that magic a little bit. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily scare me. It's an interesting hire. It's not one I expected. Everyone here knows I was rooting for Adam Case for the, Ever popular Bill O'Brien, but alas, they got Nick Sirianni, an upper and more of an up and comer. But that's all I got for around the league. Basically, I can't. I'd love to see Stafford to DC, but we can't just throw anything at him. Like we're not trying to throw Deshaun Watson trade at him. Speaking of which, Deshaun Watson has apparently made it known that New York Jets and Robert Sala are his preferred de- destination. Which I would, that would be an interesting, really interesting thing to see. The Jets have the capital to do it. I digress. So Stafford DC, I'm all about it. Let's be, let's not throw everything at to get them. I can't wait for Tampa versus Green Bay. Can't wait for Buffalo versus KC. By the time you guys listen to this, these games will have happened, and we will discuss more about what happened with the drama that I'm sure will take place today. And then, yep, Eagles new head coach. Nothing too scary to me. I still think we got the best coaching staff in the NFC East right now. So. We are Washington. Enjoy the show, guys. Telling all their business. Sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around. Get the whole label sent up for years. Uh, rap snitches. Telling all their business. Sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Allow me to preface this offensive line. Uh, season in review slash offseason preview uh, with the with the disclaimer. I know these, I know these previews have been real long, and uh, the offensive line is not the was exciting a position for everyone to listen to. So I'm going to try and keep this one a bit more brief, but I have been excited to talk about it because our offensive line was very interesting this year. I thought it was going to be a big weakness, and it turned out, and it, I think it was at points in the beginning, but I think it really ended the year on a solid note, just fairly consistent. But, you know, we not too terrible. There's definitely room for improvement, but 
Uh, let me run through some of the guys that we have on roster going into next year. And that's, I'll start off with Sadiq Charles because he had some big expectations coming in as a fourth rounder. Uh, the, like the second the Trim Williams trade was announced, it was announced that we drafted him. So it was essentially like we traded a tackle, got a tackle in like a five minute span, whatever it was. So a lot of people thought he might hold that left tackle spot down as a rookie. He struggled with some injuries. I might, he wasn't playing what well, he, wasn't playing but first, just struggled with injuries. I don't know. It was a weird season for him. He ended it on IR, I know. And when he was did get his first opportunity, it was actually at guard instead of tackle. So is he gonna is that something he might do for his career? I'm not sure. We could see him roll out at guard this upcoming year. Uh I would love to see him carve out a role, whether that's a starter or like a heavy rotational player. Uh he's still pretty young, pretty young guy, but he has a lot of potential. He's a big athlete. And I'd love to see that work out as a as a pick. Ideally, he takes over, holds down the left tackle spot really well. But uh, I think that's a lot to ask just based off this last season. And I would not be disappointed if he ended up as a solid backup guard, but at least for this year. But I think he has way higher ceiling than that. So I'm a little excited about Sadiq Charles. I like what we got there. Uh, Jerron Christian, he's been okay. I think you want him to be your swing tackle at best. I'd love to have him in the offensive tackle for. He's got some experience now. Everyone says he has athletic potential and such, and I think he's done okay. And now he's started games. It hasn't been terrible. But he obviously he's still growing, I guess, still getting as a player. Christian doesn't excite me. I'm happy to have him as offensive tackle four. Right now, I'd probably have him as offensive tackle three. Uh, Morgan Moses, that's going to be – he's going to start at right tackle for us. He could play left tackle on a pinch, but, I mean, right tackle's his spot. He's held it down for years. We've talked about him before. He's – Often injured, but he's always playing, playing through injuries. He's a tough guy, solid vet. I like his presence. Love Morgan Moses. I like what we got there at right tackle. And then maybe one of a piece I was super happy with this year is Cornelius Lucas. And we have him coming into next year. Uh, I think we might see him as more of a swing tackle. And I'd love for him to be our swing tackle because he came in and held it down pretty well at left tackle when he had to. And I think he can do the right tackle job as well if needed. I'd love to have a higher end starter there, but if he ends up starting at left tackle for us this year, he's on a cheap contract and he played well this year. So I would, he's a guy PFF loves, but you can't really go all by PFF, but I think there is something, a little, there's a little something to the ratings, but you know, he's, uh, he impressed this year. I think he probably impressed the staff and he'll definitely get an opportunity. It depends on what we do in the in free agency in the draft of course but I think he's definitely on the roster for now and a very good chance to see him as our swing tackle that's what I hope he ends up as next up we got Rick Leonard and I believe he's on a futures deal right now I don't see him making the roster but he's a former fourth round draft pick in the NFL so and he's been around for a little bit so you know there's a little something to him for sure he's got some athletic upside uh, and then someone that he's not on a roster right now but I could easily see us bring him back is David Sharp we traded for him right before the season last year. I think he was on and off the roster a couple of times, but he ended the year on the roster for sure. I don't know if I see us resigning him because he definitely played some games and he did not do anything to impress. I think Cornelius Lucas was a better tackle out there on either side. and But, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to bring him back because we did give up a draft pick to acquire him, but we got a season out of him. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to. It was a six-rounder, I believe, we let go. The, we gave to Vegas. But that's it for the tackles, except uh, Steinmetz, Dave Steinmetz, he might play, he plays guard, and he has played guard and tackle both in his career. We played him more at tackle, but 
I think he's done most of his career at guard, but I don't see him making the roster either. He's huge. He's like 6'8". I could see him on the practice squad maybe. Uh, but first, offensive guard, I should have started here, honestly. It's the biggest biggest question mark, what dictates the entire offseason for us at the offensive line position is Brandon Sheriff. Okay, what happens with Brandon Sheriff? And I want to see us resign him, but he's going to cost big money. Okay, on SpotTrack.com, they predict he'll make like 11 million this year, and I think that's way more. I think he'll make 15 at least. Uh, he made 15 this year on the franchise tag. I think that number only goes up. I know the total cap room actually went down this year a little bit, so so maybe the franchise tag numbers and stuff will drop as well. Which franchise tag gives the the player on the franchise tag a one year contract at the the top price of their position. So Brandon Sheriff was getting $15 million for, for that this year. So I think that will only go up by at least a few. And I think he's such a valuable piece to the offensive line. He struggles with injuries. I get really mad at him sometimes with the penalties. He can be frustrating, but he's a, he's a stud guard. He's a great offensive lineman. Uh, I'd love, love to have him on the roster for what should be a, run at some play, at some playoffs in the coming years, and I think he would be a valuable piece. I think Ron will see it the same way. I think he, that he has a lot of interest in staying in D.C., and I think this deal gets done, but it's definitely going to cost us some cash, and I think it's just something you got, you got to do. Uh, he was first-team All-Pro this year, which, to be honest, I'm not sure if he played the first-team All-Pro level, but regardless, I still think he was a stud guard, like top five guards in the league, easy. So I expect him to be back. Don't, I don't expect him to leave, but I'd be sad to see him go. Unless he, if he's commanding like twenty million dollars a year, like I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can do that. But I don't think twenty million. I don't think he will demand twenty million dollars a year. Uh, next up, we got Wes Martin. Wes Martin was a huge disappointment for me this year. If you listen to the award show, I listed him as one of my contenders for for that award for that superlative. Um, I expected him to be a decent starter for us, but he did not hold the starting job down. He rode the bench. I would not be shocked to see him off the roster this year. He's fighting for a backup spot. Uh, it just depends on what, how many pieces we bring in along the offensive line, of course, in the offseason. Moving on to a West that I love, Wes Reitzer. He was a huge surprise for me this year. Looked at it as a depth signing. Came in, held it down when he had to. Uh, I, right now, on this roster today, he's a starting guard for us, I think. Charles might push him for that role, but again, that depends on if Charles will be a guard or tackle. But I hope to bring in some more pieces, which that might challenge Wes, but I'd love to have him as a backup, and I would not be disappointed to see him as a starter. But he's on this roster, for sure, on this roster this upcoming year. Uh, next up, we got the centers. Uh, Chase Rullier, uh stud, Mr. Consistency. Just got a brand new contract, four years, 40 mil. Happy to see it. My, my man Dylan's MVP for the year. Uh, and then we got Keith Ismail. Okay. He pushed Pierce Bacher out essentially. He took Pierce Bacher's role, uh, playing, like pushing to the practice squad because he can play guard center. He played in eight games and then I think it was the first eight games and I don't know if he got hurt or benched, but I hope honestly this sounds bad. But I hope it was hurt because if he played in the, he played in the first eight games and not the last eight. I hope it was due to injury, not because of poor play. But he, I think, has some versatility to him. He's strong. He blocked for some prolific rushing offenses when he was at San Diego State, uh, including one that featured Rashad Penny. Uh, but we haven't seen much of him, like I said, played in eight games. I think he's likely on the roster. 
He's got the versatility factor, which is always great to have in the backup offensive line roles. And, yeah, that's about it that we have on the roster from this past year and the one real contenders to make the roster this year. But we got some big-name offensive linemen coming up in for as far as free agent targets, and I would like to see us be active here. We could see a situation where if we still have the 19th pick, we attack offensive tackle in the first round, which, you know what, like, I would be all about it. I'll get to that in a minute, but there's some decent names out there on the free agent market, starting with the, this would be a little bit of a dark horse signing, but a guy named Trent Williams, he's coming from San Francisco. Okay, I'm just kidding. We all know the Trent Williams drama that's been coming on, but he is a free agent, and it seems like he might be doing the San Francisco organization how he did us. They wanted to keep him, and he does not appear interested. So moving on from Trent Williams, I do love Trent for the years he put in here, but it's interesting to see where his career is going. Uh, I thought I threw that little joke in there. And But a name that has real pull to me is Daryl Williams. He played in Carolina with Ron for a while. Uh, he plays all over. He could play guard. He could play tackle. And he'd be more of a depth signing. Uh, there's a couple other names like that. Cam Irving and Cedric Obagay. They're both kind of vets, younger vets now that have been around the league for a little bit, have had ups and downs in their careers and could play, kind of play around the line. Uh, some na- a name that I, the biggest name money, the biggest money name that I like as far as offensive tackles go for us is Taylor Moten, and I could definitely see us targeting him if he hits the market. The thing is, I think he played primarily right tackle his whole career, so it's could he play left tackle? Could we would we be willing to slide Morgan over? I'm not sure I see us spending that money there, but if we were to spend money on a tackle, he has the Carolina connection. There's a good chance he ends up back in Carolina, most likely. But that's only semi-realistic big name I could see as targeting. Another name I like at tackle is Julian Davenport, former Bucknell guy. Shouts out Bucknell. He could play left or right tackle, and he's like, he's a mammoth of a man. He's huge. Or German Effetti coming from Seattle. He was a bust considered in the first after being taken in the first round, but he started a lot of games, and he's, he could play guard. He could play tackle. A couple of guard names I like is the biggest money name other than Brandon Sheriff, Joe Thune. I don't think he leaves New England, but he'll probably command a, a big contract, like 14-ish million dollars a year, so obviously huge for a guard. I hope to not see us have to target him. The only reason we would is if we lose Brandon Sheriff. Uh, John Miller, he played in he played in Carolina with Ron. I think he's coming from Buffalo now, but he started a lot of games. And I could definitely, he's like a mid-tier free agent. I could definitely see us targeting him. You're going to hear me mention the Carolina connection a lot. And that's, it's just we have Scott Turner as offensive coordinator. We got Ron as the head coach. We got a lot of Carolina guys up up in the front office now. So it's, the the Carolina connection is real. Okay. Uh, bring this, there's no connect Carolina connection here. But DJ Fluker, I'd love to see you sign him. He's a solid vet. He's played, he could play all over the offensive line. Last time I saw him, we were playing right, he was playing right tackle for Baltimore. And that's impressive because I've known him as a guard his whole career. And usually you don't see guards swing out to play tackle. That's an impressive move. I would love to see us bring him in. These next names I'm going to mention, I lumped together just because I like them all as draft, draft prospects coming out a couple years back. But they're all like mid tier free agents. I could see him coming in competing for a starting role and then, but maybe, like, having them as solid backup options if that were to if they were to be beaten out. And some of them are Forrest Lamp, Ethan Pokick, Pat Alfine, Dan Feeney. 
I like I like each of those names. Not sure what kind of contracts they're going to garner, but like I said, they're your mid-tier targets. Uh, some vets that are out there that I like for uh, like one more of a one-year stopgap thing, like Kalechi Osemele. I've always liked him. He's a big, big, strong guy. Uh, not sure how much longer he will be able to play, but that's why I think we could get him one-year contract. Lane Taylor, Austin Blythe. Well, Blythe is a little bit younger, but he has a good starting experience. I believe he started center for L.A. Um, for a little bit now. Uh, then J.R. Sweezy. And that's it for the, basically the free agent names at offensive line. I don't fully expect us to be big spenders here, uh, but I do think we'd be dumb to not attack in some way. And that way, the way to attack could be through the draft. But if we were to spend money on a big target, it would got for me it's gotta be Taylor Moden and I would not be upset about it. Just I wonder how we would work out the right tackle situation then. Is Morgan moving? Is Taylor moving? I don't know. But speaking of the draft, if we were to keep pick nineteen and not get rid of it via trade or anything like that, there's a couple names I could see us targeting in the first round. Uh, I think we still are more likely to go wide receiver or linebacker maybe, but uh I wouldn't be shocked to see us go. It just depends on how the draft board falls out, plays out. You never know. Every year it's a, it's, it's a roller coaster for sure. But a, a realistic name that could fall to us is, a, of course, he's a Hokie. I got to mention him first. Christian Derisaw. He's big. He's athletic. I'd love to have him on, on our offensive line. There's a chance he goes before us, but in the like 19 range is about where he's projected to go as of right now, which it's January, so we got plenty of time. But – Rashawn Slater and Pinot Sewell, I love both of them. Rashawn Slater's out of Northwestern and Sewell's out of Oregon. I don't think either of them will fall to 19. A um, couple of their names I like that might fall to us, though. Trey Smith from Tennessee and Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. I believe both of them can play guard or tackle. Uh, same, I know Rashawn Slater same way. And I don't really expect us to target a true guard in round one. But if we were to, Wyatt Davis from OSU is pretty much the only name I'd be content with uh i like him a lot what the bad news would would be if we're bringing him in does that mean we're replacing brandon sheriff and that's most likely uh so i don't hope to see that but if we are to target garden round one why davis is the guy for me uh, in conclusion on the draft i could see us targeting a tackle early such as rounds one or two i don't think it's a necessity but i would be on board um i think sadiq charles is a wild card here is, is he going to play guard? Is he going to play tackle? Do we see him as just a depth piece at this point in his career, or do we think he's going to challenge for a starting spot? I have, a, I have big expectations for Sadiq Charles. Uh, he's a, he's has high, he was known as a high-ceiling prospect coming out of LSU, and I'd love to see him pan out. He, that would really help our team. And, of course, the other big question mark is where will Brandon Sheriff be playing in the coming years? Is it still in D.C.? I sure hope so. I'm willing to pay him big money. I hope that money, that number doesn't reach $20 million a year, but who who knows with the NFL offseason. Um, but, no, he's been an integral part of this organization for years, and I think him and Ron have – I think they mesh well. I think he can be a good uh, integral part of this culture build, moving forward as he was this year. I hope Brandon Sheriff stays in Washington. Uh, my The room and review, the position group and review, is I feel pretty okay about it. I think it's a – Okay, starting offensive line, bottom half of the league, but, you know, something that you could win games with, with more pieces, especially on the defense and at the playmaker spots like wide receiver. But I would love to bring in another, like, one starter. I think one 
high-level starter on this offensive line, whether that's in the draft or free agency, would really make it would really make it something or a very solid offensive line. Uh, and, but regardless, I'm always a fan of bringing in offensive line depth in the offseason, at least to compete, push the current depth we have. But I like a lot of our pieces, and I love John Matsko, our offensive line coach. He really impressed me this year. Uh, I was not expecting much for offensive line. I was not impressed at the beginning of the year. We started having some injuries, and I think he did a lot with, you know, some interesting lineups that we've had that he had to work with. And the other main storyline to follow for me is how do we view Cornelius Lucas moving forward? Is he a starting tackle for this organization? Let's find out. Let me know what you guys think of the offensive line that group we have in the building right now. Who do you want us to see to see us target and win, such as in the draft, free agency? Uh, do you think Brandon Sheriff comes back to D.C.? Do you think the big man is still in the nation's capital for the next few years? Where does Sadiq Charles end up playing? Give me your thoughts. Give me your offensive line thoughts, guys. Thanks for sticking with me through all that. Let's get to the dedication part of the episode. We are Washington. Let's go. Rap snitches, telling on their business. Sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around. Get the whole label sent up for years. There's rules to this shit. Fools dare care. Everybody want to rule the world with tears for fear. Yeah, yeah. Tell them, tell them. So I waited till after the games today to record this closing part of the episode. And I'll touch on each of them here. First up, we have the NFC Championship game. I was super hyped for this game. Brady versus Rodgers. I could not wait. All in all, it was a pretty good game. Uh, I cannot believe Green Bay took the field goal late in the game there. Rodgers didn't seem happy about that. Uh, I would have gone for it. With that said, on the third and goal, I think Rodgers could have tucked it and ran it. At least gotten close. But I think he could have gotten into the end zone there. Uh, and that penalty, the defensive pass interference that was called, I think textbook definition-wise, I think it was a penalty. I don't think there's any argument there, but it is unfortunate that they called it. I probably wouldn't have called it considering some of the other plays they had let slip earlier on. But my takeaway, I think Tampa Bay was the better team anyway. I think they showed that today. I'm happy to see Brady back in the Super Bowl, and I'd like to see him get a ring. I think I'd like to see him beat KC. Another storyline emerging here is, and I feel like it wouldn't be an NFL offseason without a little bit of uh, Aaron Rodgers drama, and that seems to be brewing. He had some comments after the game implying that he may or may not be happy with the current setup in Green Bay. People have uh, known that he's not a huge fan of the idea of grooming the next quarterback, and the Packers still did take Jordan Love in the first round last year. No, their draft class really did not contribute at all this year outside of A.J. Dillon. I'm pretty sure he's the only one of their picks that actually saw a snap. So I think Aaron Rodgers' frustrations might be brewing again. I highly doubt we see him in another jersey, but that's just a storyline to keep an eye on. And maybe, maybe he's he's had frustrations there in the past. Maybe they extend outside of just Mike McCarthy. Maybe, maybe we do see a situation in which he does try to force his way out. Which can you imagine how much that would spice him up this offseason, which is already going to be crazy. I mean, Aaron Rodgers being thrown in on a quarterback market that already might include. Uh, which already does include Matt Stafford, might include Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is this could be a crazy all-season quarterback-wise. And uh, but before we get to that at all, moving on to the AFC Championship game, it's a little disappointing as a game. I would have liked to see Buffalo keep it close for a while. But with that said, you got you got to respect the hell out of the Chiefs. They drew up a great game plan. I think this game is a great example of why uh, Eric Bieniemy would be a great head coach anywhere, and or has a great potential to be a good head coach anywhere. And I would definitely consider him as a target. I think we might see that 
happen very soon. I think Houston might actually have a true interest in him now. But uh, the game, a little disappointing. I would have liked to see Buffalo keep it a little closer. But like I said, Casey earned it. I think this is going to be a great matchup. Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. I wouldn't be shocked to see any team win. But, I mean, you got you to gotta take into account this is the first ever home Super Bowl. I know it's not going to be packed like it, like it could normally be. But, I mean, there's a little bit of a little bit of a factor there. And I, it's just hard for me to bet against Brady in the playoffs, especially lately. I feel like I know he had the three picks today, but I feel like he just takes care of business. So I'd like to see Tampa win, and that's what I'm going to root for. Bruce Arians is a hokey former VT quarterback, so I've got to root for him too. Um, yeah, but I think it's gonna we're in for a, a stellar matchup. You know, Mahomes versus Brady. It's kind of like the prince versus the king of the NFL. Will Mahomes be able to dethrone Brady eventually? Of officially take over, but uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I can't wait for this game. And lastly, before I get to the, my dedications, is, uh, Matt, it came out through, throughout the day that Detroit expects at least a first-rounder for Matt Stafford. And you know what? If we could do take 19 and a third-rounder next year or even a third-rounder this year, like I'd be all about that. You know, I don't know if that would get it done, but we have two third-rounders this year. So, honestly, we could still have a second and a third-rounder. Uh, even if we gave him the first and a third this year. But I think we could do a first-rounder and maybe a player like Landon Collins. I think that might that might pique some interest. Maybe Matt Ioannidis. I probably wouldn't want to do a first and John Allen. But a first and a third might get it done, and if it would, I would be all about a deal like that or something similar. And uh, so today I'm going to go ahead and dedicate this to the, uh, the show Survivor. I love Survivor. It's, it's such, a, such an addicting show. The drama is crazy. If you guys have a favorite cast or I don't know if you call them cast member contestant, favorite survivor contestant, let me know who it is. My two are probably Brenda and Russell Swan, the Russell with the dreads. I love Russell Hans too, of course, but Russell Swan was hilarious. Brenda was just so lovable. Love Brenda. And it's just such a great show. I love Jeff. I love how he's like, it's like his universe. He's like, he's like controlling over it and he seems to just love the game. And anytime I get sucked into a season, it's like the most addicting show ever. So let me know who your favorite survivor is or what your favorite survivor season is. And we can discuss that love survivor. And then, of course, Rip Rich. We love Rich Chandler. Uh, he's going to get one of these every episode, as I said. Rip Rich. We love you, Rich. And, yeah, that's going to do it today. Make sure to hit us with a follow on Twitter. We can get that engagement up. We can get that engagement going. Uh, that's at Coba Corner. It's just the name of the podcast with minus the S. Thanks for listening, guys. I was happy to have you here. Uh, let's get this week started off right. We are Washington. Let's go. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'm a tough sky.